Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Krenitsia, The Well, a monthly podcast series on Ukrainians and their activities around the world. And today is Wednesday, December 6th, St. Nicholas Day. I'm pleased to say we have with us as a guest, Walter Russell. And Walter, for many years, has been doing uh, Ukrainian genealogy work in Canada and is the founder of the Ukrainian Genealogy and Historical Society of Canada. Welcome, Walter. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Mike. And I want to wish you a happy St. Nicholas Day. Dobre. I don't follow follow the... uh, the church's uh, holidays that, that closely as I did when, when I was younger, living at home. Right. Uh, I left I left my hometown of Dauphin in 1954 and uh, left and went to Calgary, the big city of Calgary, to to procure some some work that I was looking for. And uh, having met some friends in Calgary, I I stayed there and spent uh, 46 years. So I'd grow from 120,000 to over 880,000, 50,000 when I left because of a divorce. <laughs> so it sounds like you've seen some changes there. Oh, terrific amount, and it's still growing. So I'm very interested in all of your work in Ukrainian genealogy, and uh, I'm sitting here looking at this green card that I got from you in September of 1997 over 20 years ago, and it says Ukrainian Genealogical and Historical Society of Canada, and my name is on it, and it says membership card number 659, so it sounds like you had at least 659 members back in September of 1997. We had we had quite a few members. Everybody was excited about, about that. Uh, we had done a lot of groundwork prior to this, and the anticipation of uh, having an organization to help. And uh, it, it grew very, very fast. We had a, a lot of people volunteering. And we uh, had had goals in mind that were set with, of course, some guidance from the University of Alberta at that time through John Paul Himka. He was our, our great source of, uh, of Ukrainian information. And he's still working today at the university, and uh, we don't we don't lean on him as heavily as we did at, at the time we started. But he he was a, a big source of help to us, not knowing exactly what to do. I just wanted to ask you, how did you get involved in doing genealogy? Because it looks like the society itself was incorporated in 1979, which, in terms of uh, Ukrainian genealogy is kind of the Stone Age, actually. <laughs> so many of the, the so many of the people that we work with in um, in my genealogy group here in the states don't know anything about how genealogy was done offline before the internet. And of course, 1979 was definitely pre-internet. Tell our audience how you got involved in genealogy way back then. I started a family. Oh, my, my wife was Latter-day Saint, Mormon. When did you begin doing genealogy? Well, the, the recording of families. And uh, uh, that was that was one of the things that you uh, you, uh, you did as a, as a convert Mormon, as an older convert Mormon, 
that who was your father, who was your grandfather's, and, and maternally and paternally, and uh, then then of course document your your children, and that's your responsibility to keep that lineage. That's not mentioned in any in any doctrine of the church, but it was uh, it was uh, emphasized that all people in the Mormon Church should, should do that. So I I got that, and I thought, okay, I know my dad, I know my mom. But I don't know my grandfather, but Dad does hardly know his grand his father. And my mother had her fa- uh, grandpa Baran was uh, living a block away, and he had passed away before I was even born. So I couldn't. She didn't have any inf- information or written documents. So I, I I worked on my family, and I, I you know, recorded them for what I could get. But further research, I it was it, I was stymied. No, that was the question in my mind. How do I get the records in U- from Ukraine? I can get them in Canada. There's lots of paperwork in Canada because most of the Ukrainian people were farmers. So there's a homestead record, and that that was that was that was one of the things. I, I've got a parchment from King Edward the Eighth of England to my maternal grandfather. Ivan Baran, uh, stating that he is the owner of uh, 160, uh, 160 acres for $10. And it's a parchment, of, uh, a seal wax parchment on that. And I fought to get that and had to get a lawyer from the land titles in Manitoba that this is one of the proofs. And I'm not, I'm not a Baran, I'm a Russell, Russell. Uh, and uh, I talked to my cousins, and they said, "Well, you're, you're the the recorder of the family, you know, historian. You you keep on doing that, and if you need any support, we'll we'll give it to you." So I I uh, got a lawyer in Calgary to write to the land titles in in Manitoba, and they said that uh, we we started a society, and we wanted that document to show people what. King Edward the Seventh, or the Eighth, pardon me, to uh, uh, give to the people, and that was interesting. That in that in that area, the, the land titles was uh, was started after the town was started. So, and, what uh, was it? Your parents or your grandparents who came from Ukraine, and from where in Ukraine did they come? They 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 were uh, again uh, nothing documented, but because of my aunt and uncle living with grandma and grandpa, I asked. My mother didn't, and my dad didn't know anything of her mother. But I had to ask Auntie Brand, and I said, did Bob and Gino ever tell you where where they come from? They said, the only thing they remember, nothing written, but Bessaru, but in the Carpathian Mountains. And they are from Kosciu, on the south, on the uh, eastern side of the Carpathians, and the, and the north north side. There are four Bizaru villages, and I'm not sure which one they come from. And that, that, that would, I don't know, they would not have a record in those villages. It would probably be in Ivan Franco area, or maybe Kosho again. But I don't know at this time. Somewhere around I, 1979, I, then, you decided to incorporate this Ukrainian Genealogical Society. And yes. at that point, how did you begin to attract membership? Well, we had a, we had a, a great through the Mormon Church again. We had a, a great uh, 
people were converting to the Mormon Church, and I, I got to know many of the Ukrainian people. And I said, we've got to do something for ourselves. And um, so I, I associated my, myself through, through the universities. Uh, Dr. Maletsky um, was, a, was a group leader in the, you know, the Catholic faith in, in, in Calgary. And uh, there were uh, the Orthodox uh, Church was, uh, we got to know people from the Orthodox Church. And we invited them to come to our, our building, our Snake Center in 17th Avenue at that time in Calgary, uh, which is a, a, in quite a different type of building. But it, I said, if you'll come here, we, we want to start talking about genealogy, and we want to introduce this to you. So I uh, was, uh, had, a, had a set of maps from the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, uh, the one to 200,000 scale, and they're, they were, uh, they're, I refer to them as plates. They're 18 inches wide by 22 inches long. And there's uh, over 400 of them. And uh, we put them down on the floor of the basketball, of all the churches in, <laughs> in Mormonville. <laughs> they, they have a basket, basketball court in the, in the cultural hall. And uh, we, we laid these down and, and said, you, we want you to walk on Ukraine. And they literally did. They took their shoes off and they walked on and they uh, gave them mag magnifying glasses and, and they would walk and they would point their village and they, uh, we give them a number and the name. And, and this, is, this is how they got excited about, about Ukraine because they could physically see and walk on the maps. And how did how did you acquire oh, yeah. these maps? Because actually, I have I still have two maps that I bought from you back in 1997 okay. or 98. Okay, how did these maps come? University of Calgary. I went there, and uh, I, and I asked them for some maps, and they had this one to 200,000. I thought, well, that's a good scale of map, and that you know, not knowing that there were there were not any others. So I. Uh, I asked their permission. I said, if you don't give me uh, uh, the copies, I have a friend that's in the copying business, and uh, uh, we, we'll, we'll give you an update of, of, uh, of maps, and we'll talk to the university in, in, in Edmonton. And they had the same series, but they didn't have a full number. So I got the, the two of the universities together, which made it complete, from Kiev uh, to Odessa, north and south, and then west to the Polish Polish borders, and that that's was there were uh, 102 maps that made up that that series. When were the maps done? In what year? It doesn't it, it doesn't ever show that, but it's pre World War One. Ah, okay. And uh, there's, there's never been a gazetteer. Uh, uh, for them, partially some uh, authors have written of, of uh, certain districts in, in Ukraine, and there's there are gazetteers from that, meaning that you look at, you can look up a, a dictionary or, and then find the village name, and they get the map coordinates, and that's what I, I'm still working on it. Uh, people have lost their interest, and uh, well, we have all got older, but there's still not a, a map coordinate. Uh, booklet right. available. 
and Walter, do you still do you still have copies of these maps for sale? I do. The whole series is available. How can people reach you if they would like to purchase a copy? Of, of, the, of the whole series? Well, more than likely, or, I or think... In, or, in, or individual, we could send by individual map or, or 104 plates. Right, I think it'll oh. probably be individual maps. Yes, yeah. Can they reach you by email? They can. Under, under here's, here's one for you. Russell W. at Saskatel.net. I think you got that one. And another the, another one I wanted, wanted to separate my name from this, because a lot of people are saying, say you're, when I started, it was still during communism time. And I used to go to the local circuses and local Ukrainian events, and some farmers <laughs> threatened me, said, you, SOP, you get brigade gathering names for the communists. I said, no, I'm not. I said, this is for, for you to do it in your family. And he said, no, no, he says, uh, because if, if, a, uh, if the fat father of the family dies and there's, no, and there's nobody to leave the will, the will goes to public, public uh, uh, trustees. And then the communists know about that, and they, they make a claim that they have a, a cousin in, in Ukraine, and they can get the... the uh, the uh, finances of, of that farmland and, and whatever whatever it was left. So I, I was you know physically threatened because I was gathering names. I said no, I don't gather names for that. I'm gathering you make do the uh, recording, and I we just want to act as a as a, a nucleus of, of gathering the, the genealogical family genealogical information. And, and, and to pass it on to other people. Uh, interesting, so interesting. I'm, I'm not very tall. We're five foot three. These guys are like, well, six foot three. <laughs> so I understand that you also, you were in a book called Ukrainian Otherlands by Natalia yes. Hanenko Friesen, which came out in 2015. Yes. And uh, uh -huh. she interviewed you at the time. She said she had met you in Ukraine when you were doing some research I believe in 2006. So what kind of research yeah. were you doing in, in Ukraine at that time? I had been to, uh, my wife and I went to Ukraine in 1990. We broke the, the tradition of going with, uh, with uh, tours. And uh, we went on our own, did what we wanted to find out. Uh, I, I had uh, an assignment from the university to do, to do uh, a writing on... Um, on uh, being a plumber, that's what I what they were interested in. That uh, I would I would gather information on on my work ethics and uh, uh, find out what how other the plumbing was done in other countries. Uh, so I, I we did some special traveling in England, and France, Germany, and uh, when we got to Ukraine. Uh, the, the people, I, I, I couldn't speak Ukrainian that well. They couldn't speak Ukraine, uh, English. And at the higher level, they, they knew English. And that was, a, that was a, 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 one of the good things, too. That the, as, as they had higher education, they did include English in, the, in their language. So I did, was able to communicate it with people at a higher level of society 
in, in the uh, town councils and stuff like that. So I, I uh, would tell them what, what I'm trying to do and if, where are the records? And they said, well, we don't know. Uh, the uh, archaeopathy of the Catholic Church, I'll say more of the Catholic Church at this point, the archaeopathy uh, was in Lviv. And they had the Epochies, smaller and smaller villages, and uh, during, I, the dates were given to me, but they, they knew that this was of interest, that uh, the priests in each village, or, or maybe four or five villages he had to look after, uh, birth, marriages, and deaths were, were uh, supposed to be recorded. So they were given paper, the priests were given paper, but there would, there would be nothing happening in eight or ten years. So the priest would sell the paper. And then it was, I guess it was a costly item at that, that, that those years. And um, the, um, but they did, they did have, and we, I found out that uh, they, they had it in their, their archives, but uh, again, they didn't know what, what, what they had in their own archives like in Lviv, to tell the public, and they didn't care to tell the public. But it wasn't until the Mormon Church found out that uh, the records were available, and I was in contact with, with them, and uh, they went to Kiev and, and established uh, uh, correspondence with Kiev rather than the uh, larger cities and the uh, are, are the Epochies. So, uh, uh, they said we will go and, and uh, we'll bring our microfilm uh, recording uh, equipment we'll train your people to do that we'll pay you for this and you can have an original microfilm copy of that but we want an original copy from that as well that was the agreement the Mormon Church did so on that basis over the years the people it was at a higher level that was going on, and there were 880 microfilms that were uh, available, but the, the people in Ukraine uh, didn't know that. They're still there, because they have that original document. The Latter-day Saints in Salt Lake City, they have that 880 microfilms, but there's nobody of Ukrainian ancestry that is to do that work. Over the years, it really, really hurt, hurt my feelings. Of I'm, I'm in a local area, and people are getting to know me. But in the larger area, they don't know anything about. Uh, so the documents that uh, that the Mormon Church have got about Ukraine are sitting there because there's nobody of Ukrainian uh, knowledge to uh, do any translating on these records. Uh, I still think I've got about. 240 microfilms on my own possession. They don't want them anymore because they've, they've changed now their system to digitizing. Right. And I, and I, I keep uh, asking them, when is the Ukrainian part? Well, they, they say, well, we don't know. So I'm assuming that there's nobody in Salt Lake City uh, the, in, in the genealogical department in Salt Lake City knows the language sufficiently enough or maybe a call is not sufficient enough for them to be of, of interest. And, and they've, 
I can say this is this is years now that I've been involved. We're fast running out of time here. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, is your Ukrainian Genealogy Society still active today? As far as I'm concerned, it is. We've, uh, I, I've moved from Calgary, so I've moved away from the central group of people that I knew. And I, I keep in touch with them, but they, they, they don't have, have that interest. They don't have that in-depth interest that I have. Uh, and I'm not a crazy nut because of genealogy. I, I just think that it's so it's so important. Documentation of families and extended families and so on is is an order that uh, we we should all know. Yeah, the LDS certainly has helped many many people uh, with their Ukrainian genealogy over the years, just because of the fact that they did go and microfilm all of these records. Um, exactly. And also and now. Any country in the world. Yeah, and also now digitizing them, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, yep. we're out of time here, Walter. So okay. I'm, I'm going to stop you okay, here. Yeah, I'll leave you a thought. Yeah, go ahead. Get to get to know about Roots Tech in Salt Lake City coming in February. Okay. Roots Tech, and uh, it's one of the biggest growing uh, genealogical uh, organizations, and uh, and it's a uh, I don't know about being subsidized by the Mormon Church, but they have withdrawn. Fam, fam, they have family search within the church, but they, they are now uh, inviting professional people from all over the world to speak on genealogy, and it's not, it's not for money anymore. It's for helping other people. We'll keep that in mind. And I just want to remind okay. our audience that they can reach Walter Russell at R-U-S-E-L-W at S-A-S-K-T-E-L dot net. In case That's you're right. interested That's in any of the maps that we talked about uh, during this podcast. Yes, be glad to hear from them. Thank you. This is uh, Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Krenitsia, The Well, a podcast series on Ukrainians and their activities around the world. We've been speaking today with uh, Ukrainian-Canadian genealogy expert Walter Russo. Until next time, that's all for now.